Most of us don't realize just how much stories are at work, influencing our lives every minute of every day. They're guiding our thoughts, our relationships, and how we show up in the world. Being blind to the way stories are working in your mind is costing you real control in your life, which is why we're talking story today. Hi, I'm Carrie Altum, and with decades of experience as a leader, activist, and entrepreneur, I've learned a lot about how our fears hold us down and how radical love always lights the way. As a mentor and coach, I've helped hundreds of leaders get centered in their values and align their lives so they can serve their powerful purpose and rise into a brighter future. I'm offering this podcast to show you how you can have impact and income without sacrificing your integrity. If you're ready to explore challenging ideas, adopt new strategies, and have some fun along the way, you're in the right place. This is Rise and Shine. Hey, friends. So, hey, I want to start today by encouraging you to think of a goal you've achieved. That hike you completed, that project you took on, that vacation that you made happen, something you feel really good about. And now ask yourself, what got you there? You may think it was discipline or hard work or your great attitude, but believe me, You can't embody any of that without a supporting story running in your brain. Weaving stories is what humans do. We are meaning-making organisms. We think in story, so we can't hide from it. And the thing is, once you become aware of how your stories shape you, you can use that understanding. You can craft the stories that you need to guide yourself toward your dreams. It begins with recognizing the stories all around us and how they work in our minds and in our lives. For an example of that, let's begin with Chapter 1. Chapter 1. A True Story About Our True Stories Once upon a time, there was a little girl who believed she was special. So she was. Some things in her life were hard, but she decided many of the hard things were happening for her to make her smarter and stronger. So they did. But other people didn't believe her. As the little girl grew, they told her over and over that she should be mad about the hard stuff or else she was a martyr. Eventually, she believed what the other people said, that the bad stuff was happening to her and not for her. She believed she was a victim. So she was. 
But then the girl grew up. As a woman, she studied a lot of things. And she lived a lot of life. And she learned that when she was young, she had been mostly right. She decided she had been special all along. And so she was. Finally, the woman decided once and for all that all that hard stuff, even the time when she believed she wasn't special, and all the hard stuff that would come ahead, all of it was happening for her. And she would become even stronger and smarter for it. And so she will. Chapter 2 Big Mistake Big Huge Screw the so-called facts. It's our stories that make everything possible. In our modern Western societies, we've adopted a human identity way out of sync with human biology, psychology, and spirituality. We've bought into a story, yep, it's a story, that only that which we can quantify and measure is real. Big mistake. Big. Huge. But what if I told you that story is an invisible force, sort of like gravity, that influences and organizes everything around you. And like gravity, this force impacts you on many levels, every minute of every day. And that this force is present, whether you're conscious of it or not. The story force, which is kind of like the force from the Star Wars movies, it can be harnessed for good and for evil. Stories are the organizing principle for our thoughts, feelings, identity, everything. And if you don't believe what I'm saying, guess what? It's because of a story that is governing your beliefs about your thoughts. Story is how we think. Even in our sleep, as our brains are consolidating and organizing information, stories fuel our dreams like a kind of wash of meaning. You know, it's kind of crazy to me that even though the power of story has been studied for centuries by linguists and anthropologists and ethnomusicologists and so on, and, and even though the power of story has been used by marketing and salespeople, and even more, you know, now neuroscientists are documenting story at work in our brains, how it lights us up, how we integrate information given to us in story form, and how it can bend our perspectives. And still, <laughs> we have not done enough to use the power of story as a positive force to help us reach our potential. So, if story is so important, and it is such a pervasive force, then why do we ignore it? It's not that we're living without a prevailing story as a society, as a culture. We couldn't. The problem is that the modern world's attachment is to the wrong story. To the story that facts and numbers and charts and graphs are more true than instincts feelings, 
and unquantifiable possibility. And that's a story we've believed for too long. It's time to stop ignoring the role of story in our lives. Why do we do this? I have a few theories. Maybe because the origins of story are so simple, like even primitive, that we feel somehow above it now. With all our modern science and technology, maybe we think story is like fairy tales or folklore, something we don't need anymore. Or maybe we're so focused on valuing only what we can quantify that we discount story, even though we actually use story to make meaning of those numbers. Well, whatever the reason, please hear this. Story is a force you can harness to reclaim and guide your life. And actually, that's what is at risk when we don't adopt our own story practice. When we don't claim our own stories, when we don't fill our own brains and our own lives with the positive stories of our possibilities, well, what do you think happens in that hungry brain of yours, (laughs) right? That brain space that's not occupied with your stories of possibility gets colonized by other stories. These may be stories of identities that don't align with your core values. These may be stories like, quote, successful people have X things or do X. I don't have those things, therefore I'm not successful. But I need to be successful, so I'll do X job I hate to earn X money so I can buy X things and then... I will be successful, and then I will be happy. You know, you can come to believe a story like this. And don't roll your eyes at me, people, because we all know people and we ourselves have been in that position. We often think this way. And even if materialism is not one of our core values, we can get sucked into that. What happens in the absence of your own story is that you're set up to believe in the backwards form of achievement, to believe that to have X, you need to be Y, or any number of other stories. We have hundreds of them running in our heads. Like, if I were thinner, I'd be more happy, or I don't have a partner because I'm unlovable, or... If I buy those shoes, or I go on that vacation, or I drive that car, then I'll be happy. It's a recipe for perpetual unhappiness. And it fuels so much of what is wrong in our world. We are rabid consumers because of materialistic success stories. While the production of that stuff that we don't need spews carbon into our atmosphere and fills our landfills. We hoard our resources and opportunities because of scarcity stories running in our heads. While too many of our fellow humans suffer without food or shelter, basic needs met. 
or we let intergenerational injustices continue, believing the story that we didn't break it, so we don't have to fix it. Those stories may serve the privileged few, but those stories do not serve me, and they don't serve you. These are the very real dangers of ignoring the power of story and failing to adopt the stories of potential and possibility that can guide us toward a better future. Because when those stories align with a vision of promise, we get excited about it. We come together. We do great things. And it is all unified by story. Chapter 3. We Can Rise Together. So now that we can point to story functioning at every level of human thought, isn't it time we engage the power of story for the purposes of personal development and leadership and just being better and doing better? That's what I focus on with the RISE model. The RISE way is my curriculum for personal development and leadership, and I've described how The Riseway includes three phases, which are rooting, like the roots of a tree, rising, like the trunk of a tree, and reaching, like the crown of a tree. I covered the rooting phase a bit in the previous episode, I think it was episode 10, and I offer my favorite rooting exercise for free on my website. Now to the rising phase, which is story-based. The RISE in the RISE way is an acronym for Realize, Intention, Story, and Evolve. Each is an important step in crafting a personal story, a guiding narrative that supports you in adopting the thoughts and habits and practices that help you move level by level toward your ideal self living your ideal life, and making your ideal contributions. The RISE phase of the RISE way aligns with many psychological, performance, and spiritual practices for creating alignment with our values. And I've been very deliberate about anchoring RISE in the power of story, because of how story can unify ourselves, our relationships, and our roles in the world. RISE works with how story functions in our psychology. In narrative psychology, a person's life story becomes a form of identity. It's how they choose to reflect on, integrate, and tell the facts and events of their life. Self-development through story empowers us to realize the next level of ideal truth that we want to live into, and to hold that truth in a unifying narrative as we do the work to embody it, until we realize that next level of truth, and so on. Ideally, in a, a consistently upward cycle. So, 
I was working with college students many years ago, and I needed to find leadership development resources, curriculum for personal and professional development that could help a really diverse group of students. They were diverse in age, race, culture, socioeconomic background, and experiences. And it needed to allow them to tie together their unique stories, their core values, and their aspirations. I was stunned at the lack of resources using story as a tool or as a guiding principle for personal and leadership development. So I cobbled together exercises, which I then used with nonprofit boards and community leaders and executives, and over time became the RISE way. So the RISE process is way too much to offer in a podcast, but I'll tell you what I do in an intro exercise, just to give you a sense of how it works. And we can start with something small. We always start with something small to just run through the process. So in this case, I'm going to give you the example of Natalie. So Natalie wanted to make overall positive health changes in her life. And more than that, she wanted to live each day like an effective, powerful leader, the leader that she wanted to be. As a policy advisor to an international environmental organization, she knew she could really grow her career and she could have a much bigger impact on the urgent issues that were important to her. But after several years of balancing young kids, a challenging career, and life with an equally busy spouse, she needed to do something to boost her belief in herself, her habits, and how she projected herself to others. So here's how we work through the rise phase of the rise way. Step one is to realize. So Natalie needed to realize the aspiration or the annoyance. She aspired to wake early and to greet the day. She realized she was never achieving her goal of becoming a morning person because of the story that she told herself. It was something like this. I'm not a morning person because I've always been a night owl. I can't help staying up late. It's always been my thing. I need the time after the kids go to sleep to get my own things done. So that was her story. But then realizing the benefits that she seeks by becoming more of a morning person. She knew she could connect with her spouse, who's a morning person. Her dog loves morning walks, and as a matter of fact, she loves a morning walk. She'd be greeting her kids with a more positive attitude when they wake in the morning, and she'd have more energy for the rest of the day, so she could show up to work as a go-getter and you know, really tackle the problems that she was passionate about. Okay, so those were her realizations. The next step is I. She needed to set the intention. Now, this is about kind of combining our subconscious and conscious thought. It's about feeling into being the morning person that she wanted to be. So I walked her through imagining that she's made that change, and how happy she is with it. 
sitting with her eyes closed and feeling that feeling of waking up early, ready for the day. Next, she engaged her story. She crafted the story of who she is and how she feels in the future when she is that morning person. And then she reverse-engineered it, writing, describing the steps that she took to make that change. And these were customizable steps. These were things that, you know, I didn't write for her a checklist. She created what she knew would be the incremental steps that would work for her within her life and the relationships that she had. So she describes herself making that change and how good it felt to take those steps. And she doesn't just write those out for herself, but when I teach this, we talk about how we live story on many different levels. So, you know, it was the story that she told herself inside her head. It was the story that she told herself in the little things she murmured to herself. It's also the story she tells her spouse and she tells her kids. She thinks of times when she loved being a morning person and she shares that with them. So they believe it's possible and they're on board to help and support her. You get the picture. So anyway, the final phase is the E. It's evaluating to evolve, which is all about evolving. So I ask my clients to evaluate to evolve. In this case, Natalie assessed the positive change that she'd achieved. Or if she hadn't achieved her goals, then she would assess that. You know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes you don't make great progress. And so you assess and you learn from that and you recognize that this is all an iterative process. So she assessed the process. What went well? What was hard? And in this phase, you learn from that. You know, you're excited to evolve your story. And usually up to the next level, in which in the case of Natalie, it was. So in the case of being a morning person, you know, maybe you add elements of a morning ritual. Once you've reached a certain level, then you level up by adding additional morning ritual. Maybe you introduce a meditation practice or a journaling practice in the morning. Well, Natalie was thrilled with her process and the outcomes. At last we spoke, she was even jogging in the morning. She'd had some... Um, she had a bullet journal on hand, and so she decided she was going to add some bullet journaling. And um, she just totally changed her narrative about herself as a quote-unquote natural night owl. She'd been asked to develop a training program and mentor others in her field at work with the goal of getting a European Union grant um, to fund the whole thing. So yay for her. I use lots of different exercises to walk people through the full seven steps and all three phases of the riseway. This is just an example of the most elementary use of rise, the story component of the riseway, for creating better habits. But I hope it gives you a good example of how our stories really are powerful and how we can create and adopt new stories. We can make them real and we can create a new truth. The final chapter. <laughs> Just kidding. There is no final chapter, at least as long as you're alive. And even then, our stories continue. They become a part of the identities of people to whom we were important. 
our stories can be our greatest legacy. Which brings me back to the Riseway. I promised listeners I'd cover all three phases in the first season of the podcast. And this is the final episode of the first season. Whoa. Kind of blows my mind. It's been a great ride. So speaking of how our stories are a part of our legacy, the final step of the Riseway is legacy-oriented. Again, it's seven steps in three phases, and the third phase, that final step, emphasizes legacy. I call it onward and upward because that's a phrase from a poem that I memorized when I was little, and I've always loved the sound of it, onward and upward. In the final step, we're reaching out, growing into our space, and providing strength and shelter for others. We're leaving our legacy. So in the case of Natalie, who I mentioned earlier, her onward and upward related to her morning routine is about providing the example for her kids, being in service to her best self, setting herself up to serve her cause as best she can. She lives the legacy of her leadership better when she's living into her ideal self, Now, if Natalie were to apply the Riseway consistently in different areas of her life, she would do the same thing. She'd go through the seven steps applied to a different aspiration or annoyance. (laughs) And in the process, she'd be solidifying all the positive habits of the Riseway along with her personal habit or goal. So I hope this gives you a sense of just how powerful story is in every aspect of our lives. So powerful, in fact, that we've decided to make story the focus of season two of Rise and Shine. I'm so excited. Season two will be a lot of interviews, and we'll be talking with a range of people about their take on story how an understanding of story can make us better entrepreneurs, artists, and leaders. I'll be asking them how they used story in their lives, and I'll ask them to share some of their favorite stories with us. And if you haven't already found us on Facebook, check out the Rise and Shine podcast Facebook group page. We talk about the episodes there, and we're eager for your feedback and ideas for future episodes. So join us there. This is the end of season one, episode 12. Thank you so much for joining me for this amazing ride. I know you have a lot of choices for how you spend your time and energy. I'm really honored that you're spending it with me here on this podcast. I'm excited to be creating season two for you. Until then, peace, my friends. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Rise and Shine. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, rate and review, and share the love. Tell your friends about Rise and Shine so we can all grow our integrity-centered lives and leadership together and on purpose. You've got to proudly wear your crown, because you're the one.